Design New Podcast, Episode 41. If you are stressed, stretched, and stuck, and ready to take your life to the next level, reach out to me for a free 30-minute strategy call to see what steps you can implement right now to design your best life. Email me at connect at tinamurray.com and let's create your own unique blueprint to lay the foundations for that life that you really want. Are you ready to create the life you really want? Welcome to the Design You Podcast, where I talk to everyday people who know life can be done differently with a clear mindset, positive attitude, openness to growth, and their willingness to take life to the next level. Get ready to design you. Hi guys, Tina Murray here. Today I'm welcoming to the drawing board Maura Sweeney. Maura went from dreaming to doing. The former little girl who watched aeroplanes fly overhead and wanted to travel the world to make new friends, left behind a family law career to pioneer her own way and to a life of her own design. Now the self-created ambassador of happiness, she's an author, a podcaster, a media personality and an international speaker on influence, leadership and authenticity. Join me as Maura and I chat about the long, winding and creative path she's taken to turn her dreams to reality and just what happiness really is. Hi, Maura. Welcome to the Design You Podcast. How are you today? I am great and thanks for having me on. Thank you. I know it's really late there, so I really appreciate you staying up and you've got so much energy at this time of night, so you must be enjoying doing what you do. I do. I do. In fact, I was just at a podcaster's meeting earlier today. I was out at a workout class. I was working on a book and uh, I think it was yesterday I dropped my husband off at the airport. He was on his way to um, Japan. So I think I'm always doing something, but yes, this is a big thing. I usually go to bed early, 11 p.m. my time. I was like, okay, am I alive? I am alive because I get a chance to talk with somebody new. So thanks again for having me on. My pleasure. So what are you actually doing to design your best life? It sounds like there's a lot that you're involved in, but what, what's the crux of it for you? You know, that's true. There are a lot of things that I do because I'm a podcaster, I'm an author, I'm a blogger, like so many other people, and I'm also a speaker and a personality, I guess, that's often found in the media. But you know what the crux of it all is for me is something I wanted to do when I was a child. I wanted to be a goodwill ambassador, and I really always imagined or saw the world as a very harmonious place where people interacted. They saw not competition, but they saw one another as friends or people that could help each other. I just never saw the world um, as one where there was competition involved. I don't know why. It was almost like I had to spend 50 years of my life trying to figure out what the human race was doing. (laughs) So everything I do today, uh, whether I go and speak at corporations or business meetings or overseas, I'm talking about my vision of a better world and a better society. And it starts with the way in which we view ourselves from the inside out. Mm. And um, I think when we follow, and this probably goes right in line with your, your whole webinar series or your podcast here. Do you call it a podcast when it's a video? Probably, right? Yeah, but well, it's on a podcast and it's also snippets are only on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's the whole idea of 
designing your life the way it fits right for you rather than for the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. And that's what it took me my whole life to get here. Each step along the way, I would say, was probably strategic and instructive. And I took a lot of tools along the way, but I really wanted to go around the world, make new friends uh, and be a goodwill ambassador. And that's what I do today. And each time I'm out there, I am helping other people see the world in a new way, but more importantly, see themselves in a better way. And I think if we're happier from the inside, then everything we project is more energizing, it's more creative, it's more collaborative, and we really end up becoming the creators of a better society. Mm, And it's interesting because what's happening on the inside is what we're projecting out to the outside because talking about that competition you're talking about, if you're actually comfortable in yourself, you don't see competition. You know, cool, I'm cool in my own and they're cool in theirs. We might disagree, mightn't be the same, but that's okay. It's not a competition. Right. Exactly. And here's the other thing too. I always say there's only one Elvis. Have you ever seen there's one Elvis Presley who actually, when he was young, never fit in, but he became his version of the self. And then he became iconic. Today you find out, you know, there's, there's uh, Elvis Presley copycats everywhere, but I have found that as each person, and I did this even in my corporate life, I was uh, probably involved in corporate work for about a decade in management leadership. Mm -hmm. I would always find everybody's skills and talents and bring them out. And collectively, we became such a powerhouse. Mm. And also, as each person did know what they did well, they felt confident. They knew they were contributing to the whole, and we all gained as a result. And that's just the way I see the world. And even in my case, I'm the trademarked ambassador of happiness. Now, when I started writing about what it takes to make us happy, there were a couple of fellow bloggers who were like, really? That's not going to get you anywhere. Why don't you write about who needs Botox, what couples divorced, and who had the messiest divorce? That's not where I live. Mm-hmm. And so I really, I can remember as, a, as an early blogger, I thought, I don't even know if I fit in with bloggers. They said, who's your audience? And I said, well, it's anybody who wants to be happy. Now, the irony is this. I ended up getting an invitation to speak at the uh, first ever Nelson Mandela Day celebrations. It's a UN holiday. I was invited up to um, speak at outside our nation's capital by the UNESCO Center for Peace. They asked me what my title was. I said, I don't have one. I write, I'm a blogger, and I use my own name. And they said, well, you travel everywhere. You write about happiness. We're going to call you the ambassador of happiness. And I thought, that's what I am. Now, here's the amazing thing. I've spoken at Model UNs, one of them that was conducted by UNESCO Center for Peace. They had students from about 26, 28 countries. And I said to them, have you ever heard of the ambassador of happiness? And they were all looking like, not really. I said, well, now you've met her. And I said, there wasn't one before me. And I said, I want each one of you to think about that in terms of your life, the life you're designing, the life you're looking forward to. You're the next generation. The world is looking for a new set of leaders that has new ways of doing things. I said, so why not take the best of your interests, the best of your talents, the best of your curiosities and passions, put them all together And then suddenly the world will make room for you and you're it. You're the one people have been waiting for. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And you know what I love about that? That's kind of how I've designed my life. 
Well, what I love about yeah. the management style that you designed is it's not talking about what are people's weaknesses. It's going, it's latching onto you're awesome at that. Do more of that. You're awesome at that. And I know you want to do more of that. So keep doing more of that. And so you're really like, you're not saying you're not good at that, at that. You're saying you're good at that. You'll fill the gaps of these other spaces that we need filled. It's perfect because it's not talking about how, what we're bad at. It's talking about how awesome we are. You know, that is such an obvious thing and nobody else has ever noticed that. Now, when I go out and I speak about leadership and influence, I use the model that came out of my head and that I did in corporate. And I really did it because I wasn't good at everything. You know, Tina, there are some things I'm really, really good at, but I love telling people my strengths are only outweighed by my weaknesses (laughs) and I've got plenty of weaknesses. So there were so many things or several things, let's say, that I didn't know how to do when I moved into management, but I could easily find those people around me that were talented. I would ask them first to train me, and then I would bring them in and invite them to train their fellow employees. So what happened is that, imagine what that does to an employee to know they're valued, they're skilled, they have something to bring to the table. Everyone felt more empowered, and then as a result, every single one of us gleaned from everyone else. Mm. So we were all gainers in the process, but I never thought about that. It was really the opposite of what the world tends to do, which is power over you by saying, you know, you don't know how to do that. Now I know I'm better than you. Mm. And that kind of thing I find makes people feel so small, vulnerable, and also I would say somewhat insecure because if we start focusing in on everything that's wrong, we get more wrongs. But when you focus in on what you can do, what you do have, then it's as if you add um, breath and life to your, to your, your job, whatever. Yeah, for sure. And you take that home because, you know, we all know people spend a big part of their life in their work, yet alone the commute, the whole bit. And so by the time they get home, you don't want them to be exhausted because they've been doing all these things that don't connect with them. You want them to be invigorated so they can go home and do it all again there live their best life at home as well. You know, you're right. See how you use that word invigorated? Later on, after I left my corporate life, I, we have a daughter and she was our only child and I ended up homeschooling her, something I would have never chosen, but we used to travel a lot. My husband suggested and our daughter loved it. Okay. I ended up doing the same things, teaching my daughter that I did in the corporate world. And that was, we always set up goals. There's going to be a party on Friday. We're going to go to the movies if we get this work done. And so there was always something to plan for. And it was the idea of not, oh my gosh, we have all these chapters to read or, oh, I have all this work to do. It was instead, in sales, if we make these sales, we all get to go out early on Friday or we're all going to have an end of the month party. And therefore, everybody was busy encouraging one another. It was positive neg- energy yeah. rather than that negative ball and chain effect. Yeah, absolutely. And as we all know, we've, most people who've been in the corporate world know that there might be one person who's not loving their job. And if, unfortunately, it becomes this, you know, that whole bad apple thing. It does spread. So the more that people are empowered, you know, as human beings, we want to be empowered. We want to feel like we're contributing. So bring it out. I think so. And that's why I think every single person can make a difference. You're right. You have that one bad apple. Have you ever been in a room, everybody's laughing, and then suddenly somebody else walks in. It's like, oh, my gosh, they just stole 
all of the air out of the room. Mm-hmm. But what if you think about it the other way? And let's say you're not even the manager, not you're not the leader, but you come in and there's something about your energy that has the opposite effect. It moves everything upward. It moves everything outward. It moves everybody into feeling better about themselves or more engaged. And I don't know. I don't know about you. I would rather live in a happier world. <laughs> no, never. but to some, maybe that's strange. I don't know. <laughs> but tell me about happiness. How can people become happy? The first thing I think when people ask me about this, I think they assume that I walk around smiling all day long or that, you know, I wear rose colored glasses, but the real secret to happiness is making a choice. Mm. I always remind people to do one thing. I said, every time you're, you're challenged by something and all of us could be challenged every day. I said, there's really one question to ask yourself. Am I a victim in a world that's, that's conspired against me or am I a beneficiary in a benevolent universe? Meaning the backdrop of all things. Mm -hmm. And if you could always choose the latter one, namely, I am a beneficiary. I may be going through a challenge right now, but something in here is going to work out not only for my good, but for the greater good. If you could choose repeatedly, like a skill set, to put yourself in that mind, in that mindset or that frame of mind, then everything that comes from that ultimately ends up dropping into your life in a good way. Because if we always think, you know, I'm a victim, you know what comes out of that? More and more victimhood. But if you see yourself as a, as a beneficiary, you get ideas, you get outcomes that really end up in the long run empowering you encouraging you, inspiring you, lifting you up, and actually being creative outcomes. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I think is a big secret to being happy. The other thing I would say is don't hold any grudges. That's a reason why a lot of people feel so unhappy and so miserable is because they're too busy thinking about being angry at what someone did to them or something that happened to them. Mm -hmm. Just give it up. Give it up. You might have to make a choice on that and a repeated one. But I would say those two things really are big secrets to being happy. Well, I think, and then following what you love. Oh, absolutely. I think with your your one about giving up grudges, there'll be people listening to this going, "Ah, "No way, I can't do that." What steps can we take to give it up? Stop living with the person in your head. You know, have you ever had someone, maybe, I could even remember my mother-in-law saying one day that someone, when she she was very young, made a bad remark to her. And that bad remark lived in her mind Mm. for decades. Wow. Why not just say, you know what? I can choose to become a victim of that one remark and let that remark define my life. Or I could choose just to let it go. And I can choose who I am and how I want to see myself. A lot of A lot of the life we live has to do with the way in which we see it on the inside. And here's the thing I noticed. I don't know why, but these are skill sets we don't learn in school. And sometimes they're not taught at home. Um, And unless we really figure them out on our own, we don't know. But as we think of ourselves in our hearts and in our lives, it emanates on the outside. So if so-and-so did something bad to us, They may not even realize that we're holding a grudge, but we wear it. Mm. And that wearing it makes us feel heavy, 
downcast, um, negative. So it, it's just a hard place as far as I'm concerned to be in. Absolutely. Very hard place. I'd rather choose the alternative. <laughs> and, and as you said, you don't pick up on it. You know, we were talking earlier about walking into a room and there's that heavy energy. The moment you're feeling that, you're talking about whatever you're feeling in your heart is what you're emanating. It is true. It's, it comes out of every pore. You know what? I All right. By the way, I'm trying very hard to stay awake. I'm usually like sharp, right? I find myself thinking, did I already use that word? So I hope, you're, I hope your listeners and your viewers tonight will, will remember that. <laughs> Give me a little grace. Anyway, um, I wanted to share something, Tina, because even as we're talking, this comes to mind. When I go out and I do presentations and I talk not only just about happiness, but I talk about our our influence in the world, which to me, it's like an unseen energy that is very tangibly felt. I'll show pictures of me at age 15, at age 23, and then obviously now, current day. When people look at the picture of me at age 15, I won't say to them, what do you see? But I'll say, what do you feel? Mm. I am carrying myself like a ghost. I'm so, I'm actually carrying some luggage. I look empty, vacuous. And that was because that was the life I was living at age 15. I wasn't all that happy. I didn't feel like I had the freedom to choose internally. That's why I'm so passionate about what I do today. Mm. The picture at age 23, I was midway through law school, which was the path that my family had me on since childhood. And I didn't want to be a lawyer. So I'd finished college and here I was enrolled in law school halfway through the program. And all I kept doing was dreading my future. So there was a photo of me before I decided to leave law school. If you see me, I look like this. I I wish I had a picture to show you. I'm like this. My eyes are blank. I look like I look like I stepped out of a coffin. Oh. The energy that comes out of me today as a result of having made various decisions, big ones, small ones, intricate ones, each one of them helped me figure out what makes me feel better, what feels more germane and authentic for me. Let me follow that path. Mm-hmm. What people, what events, what situations, maybe What habits are not making me feel so great? Let me stay away from them. And what happens now, this is very funny. I could walk around town. I could walk in New York City. I could go to a foreign city. There are people that will be either walking down the road or in their cars, stopping at a light, and they'll look at me as if they're waiting for me to say hello and smile at them, (laughs) even though we're perfect strangers. It is the energy that comes from choosing to be happy. Mm -hmm. And that happiness causes people I don't care what, what, you know, what occupation you're in or even what relationship you are engaged in. But when you are happy, you end up literally having a more successful life because that energy fuels you along the way because it's positive. Mm. And it was interesting. I mean, this is a lot of this is audio, so people won't see it, but it was great watching you talk about your different life as you're coming through because you actually set up more and more in your seat you you actually became a bigger person literally in front of me as I'm watching you and your voice changed too so isn't it interesting like physiology physiologically can't say the word how that all you know it adds to not only this energy that you're talking about but once we open our mouth the way we stand just creates a whole other layer to to that and compounds how we're happy or we're not 
It does. And I so love helping other people get that. You, you get it in your own life and then you start to apply it. And that repeated application brings us such strength, such strength. You're right. I was doing that with the, um, <laughs> everything changes. My voice changed. Yeah. I actually spent some time speaking with somebody the other day and I was going back to a time in my very early childhood when I was very afraid and felt very locked out. And believe it or not, as I was going back to this time period, I I started to cry. I thought, oh my gosh, when we live mentally in a certain place, Mm -hmm. our emotions follow. Mm -hmm. So why not choose to create thoughts and feelings that are positive so that everything that comes back out of us is very light? And oftentimes when we're lifted up and we feel like we draw other people to us, they start feeling better. They start sharing their ideas. The energy flows. It's To me, that's the real world. And I think so often we're, our real selves are covered up by negativity, by feelings of inadequacy, by self, self-doubt. That's a lot of what the world gives us. I love saying if the human race knew where we were going, wouldn't we have arrived by now? <laughs> and think about this. We follow the leader, but the leader is busy chasing his or her tail. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people that walk around with question marks about who am I? What's important to me? I don't even know. You know, it's a lot of following following nothing. But when we choose to go within and say, you know what, how do I feel about this? How do I feel about that value? Do I agree with it or not? And the more our, the more we choose to check in to how we feel on the inside, I always call it our own personal GPS. Do I feel happy? Does this feel sound to me? Or does it feel awkward? Does it feel authentic? If we could keep Going back to that inner GPS, the thing that works for us and the thing that feels real for us, and we live out of that space, even taking a few minutes every morning to set up our mind and our and our heart space for the day. And then at the end of the day, before we go to sleep, to say, let me take a look at the day. Where did I feel great? Where did I feel challenged? Did I say anything that maybe put me off base? How can I learn from that and start becoming more aware and keep living from a place that feels right for me. And out of that place really comes such life. Absolutely. I love that checklist thing against yourself because often people are caught up in the, so many of us are caught up in that we should be doing this. And you talked about going to law school and it almost killed you. You did not, it was what, what you wanted to do. So we, checking back in and going, okay, is this a should? Is this what I grew up believing I was meant to be doing? Or is this what is actually really right for me? How can you help people who would say that they're more head-based? You talk a lot about heart stuff and there's some people who would say, yes, I'm all heart. There'd be other people who go, no, I don't do heart. I only do head. How can you get people to understand that? That's, That's a great question. You're right. We are generally taught to go with the head. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing about law school is it sounds good. How about this one? Go get a job where the money is. <laughs> sounds good. And by the way, there's nothing wrong with money. That's not the point. Yep. This is the difference between head and heart. Let's assume you have a skill or you could go to school and you could do something and you're going to find yourself in an industry. Maybe it would be law and the money's coming in. But you also find out that 
you have to work 70 hours a week, let's say, and you're really not that interested in what you're doing. At that point, this is a mental decision. It's what sounds good in society, maybe the values that society has put out. But if you realize that you're working 70 hours a week, doing something that doesn't make you feel inspired, challenged in a positive way, um, lively, then your heart is not being fed. And generally, there's a difference between what you think and how you feel. So I would say headspace is what you think. Heart space is how you feel. The ideal, really, Tina, is putting the two together. Mm-hmm. It's, I feel good about the things I'm applying myself toward. And then you're very unified and harmonic. And um, I, I, you know, I, I, I oftentimes have shared this story. There was somebody I went to school with, and maybe this will speak with somebody today. When I was in college, I was a political science major. There was a guy, friend of ours, two years ahead of us. He always used to say, well, I'm going to be a lawyer. I'm going to have a Mercedes. I'm going to, my wife's never going to have to work. I'm going to live in the best section of Boston. And it was very, very pricey to live there. And 10 years later, he's got his Mercedes. He's living in the best section of Boston. And you know what? He was miserable. All he did was complain about his job as a lawyer. He did not like serving the clients he was serving. And I said to him, well, why don't you do something different? You know what he said to me? Well, I can't do that. He said, I'm making a big, I'm making a, at the time he was saying I had a six figure income. This is like 25, 30 years ago. So it was like really, really big. And I said to him, but you just told me you don't like it. He said, more, I can't leave a job that has me earning this kind of money. And what I never realized, Tina, until I went to visit his family is that his father owned a gas station and they didn't live in the best city. So all of his life growing up, he felt like he was marginalized for being the kid who didn't grow up in the right part of Boston, um, who didn't have a dad who was a banker. And so everything that he contrived in his mind had to do with all the right accoutrements. So his head had what he was looking for, but he was miserable. And guess what? He was so tied to that, that I spoke with him 25 years later. He had gone back to school for an MBA because he heard his brothers make more money, but he never left law because he was afraid and he was still miserable. Now, that's the difference between head and heart. That's <laughs> and like I used to say, I'd rather be happy. <laughs> yeah, this story is actually breaking my heart to think that 25, 30 years on, he's still miserable. Oh, anyway. <laughs> So see, and see how you feel, but imagine if you say, oh, you know what I was doing is I had a great run at law. Then I realized, okay, it's run its course. I want to try something new. And then all of a sudden you step out and you say, you know what? I'm going to find what fits right for me. Not because I feel less than, not because I have to prove something because I did feel less than or believe that I was not high society caliber. I've already proven it. Now I'm going to go on and do something different. How does that make a person feel? Mm, And that's about being honest with yourself on all levels. It is, but we're not always taught to do that. And we're usually taught either to please other people or to impress other people and, uh, or to, to meet some expectation that someone said was really important. Yes. Yes. That might not be to us. Talking of expectations, I always ask my guests, where where do they see themselves in 50 years' time? 50? Five zero? Mm-hmm. 
if I'm still here, Tina, I would like, I tell this to people, to be globally, I don't want to say famous like, oh, look at me, a global force that people would look to and say, I'm so happy that lady took the time to talk about being happy because we have a better world right now. Secondly, you know what I'd love to be doing? I would love to be hosting parties everywhere I go where people come together, where there's live music, lots of laughter, lots of food, and um, a chance for people to get to know each other and really enjoy the moment. I want to be there. I'm going to hang out with you in 50 years' time. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't that be great if that was really the sum total of life, a party, a big party where everyone is welcome to? Absolutely. And we can actually do that now anyway with, you know, we're in different countries. We can do this. So we can have parties between parties. I totally agree. I totally agree. And the irony for me, though, is when I was a real small child, I envision myself traveling around the world and making new friends. Wow. And so everything really I do today re- revolves around that initial childhood, probably heart space, not mental space idea. Mm. How can people get in touch with you? Very easily. They could go to my website. Uh, it's more of my name, M as in Mary, A-U-R-A, followed by the number four and the letter U, mora4u.com, because I'm always for you. And the other thing, Tina, since you're a podcaster like I am, they could find me on iTunes and Stitcher and several other places, I think Google Play and others, as Maura Sweeney, Living Happy Inside Out. I'd love for them to subscribe to my podcast and even maybe uh, call me, write me, and they could do a uh, soundbite for one of my upcoming episodes. So what do you talk about on your podcast? Let's do it a plug while we're here. Oh, they're very brief. They're usually around 10 minutes in length. I ask a question. The question is always a reflective one. And then I follow it up with a story because everything I do, whether my books, my speaking, whatever, is always story-based because people love hearing stories. Mm -hmm. And as people think about that reflective question and then they listen to the story, they start inserting their own life into the story. And then I give them a little call to action so that they can start retraining their mind to take control of their lives rather than help rather than having the world control their lives and then i finish it up with what i call a happiness sound bite and that's always a guest that comes in to tell us who they are where they're from and what it is that makes them happy from their inside out i like that because the guest at the end is showing people that what makes me happy is completely different from what makes you happy and everybody else. And so I love it. It's almost giving people permission to go, oh my gosh, I actually can go and do this. That makes me happy. I don't have to be ashamed of it anymore. Or yeah, I love it. You're right. And I'm so glad you used that word permission because most of us, I know I was one of these people. I was always waiting for the world to give me permission. Then I thought, It may not happen, so I better just step out and do it myself. And you're right. That's what I do. I've said to several people, even in my speaking, if you've never given yourself permission and you're waiting for someone to do it, I just gave it to you now, so go and do. (laughs) And it's a really, it's a good, it's a good feeling, isn't it, to know we don't always have to be taking our cues from the outside world. We can actually say, you know what, this is something I'd like to try and let me give it a whirl. Nice. If you were going to leave one message with the Design New Community before we go, what would that be? Love yourself. And don't be afraid. This sounds crazy that I'm saying this, 
Love yourself. Love something special about yourself. Think about it and then take that gift and share it with the rest of the world. That is perfect. It has been divine speaking with you, Maura. You've made me happy. (laughs) Luckily, I was already happy from the inside out. But no, it has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much and thank you for staying up so late tonight too. My pleasure. A huge shout out to you for being here, for listening in and being ready to step up to the drawing board. I honour your spirit and your openness to growth. If you have a mate who you think will benefit from hearing today's message, please share this episode with them. Another great way you can support us is to subscribe or to leave a five-star review in iTunes. These reviews really do assist us to raise the visibility of the Design You podcast and helps us to reach Design Yours from all walks of life. I really do appreciate the time it takes for you to do that. So thank you. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Design You podcast. You'll find the show notes over at tinamurray.com. Can't wait to see what you create as you design it, communicate it, and live it.